Welcome to the Find Creative Expression Podcast, conversations about art and creativity. I'm your host, Sarah Crawford, author, musician, and playwright. You can find the show notes and other information at findcreativeexpression.com. And let's get going. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of the Find Creative Expression podcast. Coming up soon, I have an interview with writer and character enthusiast Michael Tillman. It's always fun to talk to Michael, so definitely stick around for that. This week has been my first week as a freelancer slash author full-time. I haven't had as productive of a week as I would have liked. I think this started last week. I didn't get hardly any writing done last week because, you know, I was so distracted by the election. You know, we were sort of in a really weird kind of state of limbo all last week. And I mean, even though it's been sort of resolved now, I feel like uh, I don't I don't feel like it is resolved. Like, I don't feel like it's over. So I still have that feeling of of kind of um, worrying about that and having anxiety about that. So I, I feel like it has, you know, affected my writing a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to be kind of, you know, cut myself some slack. Presidential elections only happen, you know, once every four years. So I think it's okay if I'm a little distracted. I was doing National Novel Writing Month in November, which is where you try to write 50,000 words by the end of November. I obviously did horribly last week. I did not hit my word count goals at all. So I have a lot of catching up to do. Um, I'm hoping to just, you know, kind of uh, just really focus and get a lot of writing done this weekend. So we'll see if that happens. So that's kind of where I am with that. I am starting to kind of get a little worried about putting up uh, until the night falls for pre-order because I have to have, you know, a finished manuscript by December, I feel like like Christmas Eve-ish. But, you know, I, I think I'll be able to make it happen. I'm almost done with the book. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to crunch a little bit uh, with editing, but hopefully I can still make it happen. All right, so instead of just rambling on forever, I think I'll just get into the interview. So yeah, let's do it. Hey everyone, I'm here with Michael Tillman. Uh, Michael Tillman is a writer with a BA in English and a master's in education. He is currently working on an untitled comedy web series about rehab. He has been an actor, a poet, and a filmmaker. He's also a music lover, a guitarist, and a character enthusiast. Welcome, Michael. Hey, yeah, character enthusiast. That's, uh, that's cool. Yeah, well, uh, we'll, you know, we'll get into what that actually means in a minute. <laughs> I mean, I don't even really know what that means, but... <laughs> I th that was like the best way for me to describe it. So when did you start writing and how did you fall in love with it? 
Um, I mean, I started writing like, well, I mean, I would, I would write like stories when I was a kid, like silly, like sci-fi stories and stuff. But I mean, I guess I've kind of had like a conflicted relationship with writing. I mean, I've written like off and on most of my life, but I seem to go through these phases where like, I'll write a lot, um, and like just get a shitload done. And then, but then I like won't write for like months, you know, after that, I'm very like, I'm a very inconsistent writer. I guess I'm like a lazy writer, maybe is the word. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah, that that's how some people are. It, you know, whatever. Where like some some people are like, oh, you have to write every day. But I mm-hmm. I think it's more of just like whatever works. You know, like some people just yeah. are everyday writing people, and it's that's fine. Yeah, you're like an everyday writing person um, i mean I most like, of the time yeah yeah i mean it's weird because it's like sometimes i'm like oh i'm gonna wait for inspiration to hit but then you know you can't just like sit around waiting for inspiration you know like so sometimes i guess with me like i have to like force myself to do it even if i don't want to because i mean right. it's not like everything you write is going to be like pure gold you know right exactly so I've no need to write poetry, fiction, songs, and screenplays. So is your writing process different depending on the medium? Yeah, actually, um, I've noticed that it is. So it's it's weird. Like with screenplays, I seem to more like I seem to have more of like a like a plan. Like I'll write out like all the scenes that I want to write, and and not even necessarily like in any kind of order. It's just like it's in that world it seems like oh this or those characters it seems like this needs to happen i'll just write the stuff and then i'll go back later um and piece it all together after like i write like a rough outline but mm-hmm. like with fiction i don't write as much fiction but with that i seem to be more of like a i just kind of dive right in and it's like a lot of i guess more or less stream of consciousness style which you'd think it would like be the opposite but like I don't know, maybe that's why I have a harder time with fiction. It's just because it seems like more of a daunting task where like, plus with screenplays, I do like enjoy writing dialogue a lot more than I do narration. So yeah, so I mean, it is is different. I don't don't really, I don't know if I write in any other mediums. I mean, I don't really write poetry anymore. I'm like not as melancholy, I guess. Right, right. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So, uh, So how long has it been since you've written a song? Um, okay, so that's kind of a weird one, because I write, like, you mean, like, I mean, I write pieces of songs, like, all the time, like, I'll sit down to play guitar, and I'll write, like, a really cool, just progression, and maybe even, like, a little bit of a vocal melody, but I don't know what it is, like, for whatever reason, I don't seem to have, like, that drive as much as I did when I was in my 20s, um, and even, like, early 30s, to, like, do it i don't know if it's like a time thing or if it's like a feeling thing or emotion thing but like the last time i wrote wrote like a full song was probably um probably like a year and a half ago when i was in rehab i wrote a couple songs with justin the sky i knew there mm-hmm. i mean i think it's similar to the the writing thing i mean it's just like for me it's easier to like make a work of any kind of art whether it's like songs or writing or whatever like after the experience is over you know like I don't really tend to do a lot of that while it's still going on Um, right well it's like you know the recollected and tranquility bit you know (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um Mm -hmm. okay so that 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 full quote is 
like poetry is the spontaneous overflow of emotion recollected in tranquility. Recollected in right? tranquility. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's pretty pretty true. It's pretty legit. Yeah, uh, I would say not even just poetry, but but like all art in general. You know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and you could even like take it so more than like even if you're not an artist, even I mean, if you don't do anything creative, like any kind of experience in life, if you have it, like even just like growing as a person, if you have a, any kind of experience or you're going through something bad, like later on when you look back and you look at it, like even if you just learn from it and change your life, uh, I think it's applicable kind of in that way as well. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so you're in recovery and you've been clean for a year now. So congrats with that. Uh, so how mm -hmm. has your experience with addiction informed your creative process? Um, well, the whole like in recovery thing, um, you know, to me, it was just, you know, when people say like in recovery or you were using drugs, it's like I was making bad decisions and doing unhealthy things. And now I like live healthily. Well, no, I mean, I, I kind of think like addiction with you, I mean, you know, I've known you for a while and, and I feel like you know, you never really had like addiction issues before. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like it's just happened for you, like in the last, you know, few years or whatever. So, I mean, I've, I've had experience with, you know, addicts like my, my ex-husband was big I had a lot of addiction issues and with him it, it seemed like you know he had like that you know addiction within him like since he was a teenager like from the first time that he tried any sort of substance so I feel like yeah. you, it's it's more just like a you know a phase that you, that you are not phase but you know what I mean like more of a temporary crisis mm -hmm. I guess yeah, well, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, I suppose that makes sense. I guess I just have like, I guess sometimes I take issue like with the phrase like in recovery or I mean, I know it sounds weird when people are like, oh, congratulations. And I know part of me is like, dude, just shut the fuck up and like take the compliment. But it's like, I guess, you know, it's almost like a hey, congratulations for not fucking up. Um, whereas like, plus, I mean, I kind of view it as, you know, if you, you know, if you have addictive tendencies or you were an addict, that doesn't mean that you're always going to be an addict and it doesn't mean you always were one. I think it's just certain people have more addictive tendencies than others, you know, and I know like with addiction, like it's pretty multifaceted. It's not just like a genetic or it's not lifestyle. It's not upbringing. It's, it's kind of all of it together. I think that when you, I guess I like the phrase maybe more you've recovered from like mm -hmm. a period of time where you were making bad decisions and you were living unhealthily you know but you recovered from it and you changed and now you're just living more healthy but it doesn't like even preclude the possibility of potentially like using again so i guess i like the phrase like between relapses which is like <laughs> i know it's like really bad but i mean i don't know because i don't know what's going to happen you know nobody knows what's going to happen right you know i mean i'm just i'm just like living more healthy now than i was before but I guess that's like a long-winded way of saying, hey, thanks. <laughs> well, so, and then the, you know, has has your addiction kind of uh, changed or evolved your creative process at all? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's 
to be honest with you, um, so before I developed a substance use problem, you know, um, I didn't really start using drugs heavily until I was 30 or not 30, but about 28, 29. And I'm 36 now. Um, and I've been, you know, I've been clean for, like you said, like a year. Uh, while I was using, the weird thing is like, I actually didn't really do much writing or playing music. I mean, I would have like periods of sobriety in there. You know, it's not like I was just using drugs for you know six years just straight i mean it would wax and wane and i would have periods of sobriety here and there but i mean for the most part i mean when you're using um you know being creative or, or writing or or doing any of that stuff not really like, like your main like you know pursuit it's just getting high and getting fucked up and figuring out ways to get fucked up and maintain that um so i mean prior to using i did write a lot more i played a lot more music however that being said, even though I kind of took a hiatus um, when I was using, now that I am in, you know, recovery, oh, should I just use it? Now that I am <laughs> like not using drugs, um, I would say the work that I am doing now, it's way better because all of that experience that I went through with using, um, it actually kind of, you know, helps me learn and grow. And I became, a, you know, a smarter, just stronger person. I mean, I think if you go through something like that and you don't learn anything from it, then, I mean, kind of just what a waste. But like, if you can get through it, I mean, it actually, for me, it does make my work like, I like it more personally on a personal level. I feel more fulfilled with it um, just because I'm taking that experience and I'm like looking at it in, in retrospect, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think it's, you know, I, I think just having more experience um, in general can kind of, it can uh, lend itself to uh, creativity in, in, in some mm -hmm. ways, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I thought about too, like how, you know, a lot of times I've noticed like with writers in particular, like a lot of writers or well-known writers, they don't even really have their first like major work published until, you know, like maybe mid thirties or, or on sometimes even like later than that. This is just not, this is just a broad generality, but like, I've almost feel like sometimes that's because like, it takes that long just to accumulate, you know, enough significant life experience that you can then look back on. Like it's happened, it completed, it's over and you've reflected on it. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. So you, you have been in bands, uh, like Long Absent Friends and Third Candle. Uh, that were really active in the Atlanta music scene from around 2009 to 2012-ish. Uh, so tell mm -hmm. us about, you know, one of your most memorable performances. I mean, honestly, I would say, I mean, Third Candle was fun. Um, that was definitely, I mean, more of like a party type band thing. I, was, I mean, I was just like a rhythm guitarist. So I didn't really write any music. I just kind of like laid chord progressions down and play with it so that was kind of just more of like a fun partying playing rock shows type thing i would say so for a memorable one probably that one that you and i played at lenny's um that one was really good that was probably my most memorable one like we recorded it even because in long absent friends you know i was you know me and you were the the songwriters so it's a little bit different when you're in a band where you're writing the songs versus just like you know being a rhythm guitarist or playing stuff that someone else has already written Right. I don't know. I just remember just this really cool feeling, you know, even though it wasn't like the biggest show, just playing these songs that we wrote, you know, for an audience and just having them like respond to it. Um, I mean, I would say, honestly, 
I mean, even considering all the drugs I've done and all the different highs that I've had, like the just playing live your music that you've written live, like to an audience and having them like feel that is, is amazing. It's like one of the best natural highs personally that I've had. I mean, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that Lenny show uh, with long apps and friends that, that was definitely a cool, cool show. I, I miss Lenny's Lenny's was a really cool venue. Um, Lenny's, Lenny's was great. It was like the trashiest dive bar. But yeah. It was very diving. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember no, one was, time. One time, right. my parents came to see me play at Lenny's, and they were like, "What kind of place <laughs> are you like yeah. bringing us to?" I remember yeah. you always had like the you always had the greatest stage banter. It was just always like really chill and funny. Fun. Yeah, I I always did kind of just say random things when I you know because I just felt like oh you gotta keep talking like <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Um, yeah, like you don't well, want to have dead air, you know? Yeah, and it wasn't like anything super serious. You're never like, so this next song I wrote for my ex, you know, I just hope you're doing good. It means a lot to me. It's like, you know, it was just like silly stuff. Like, yeah, and, yeah. and oh. maybe that, you know, it, 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 it was kind of funny because like the songs I was playing for the most part were pretty serious, but then I would stop and talk about like just yeah. them stuff. <laughs> Oh, that makes total sense. Like, I would say I'm a pretty just absurd, ridiculous human. It's just a goofy, crazy. But like when I play music, though, when you listen to my songs, like that's like really the only time that I am serious is just when when I'm playing. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. So mm -hmm. speaking of music, uh, you've always been as much of a music lover as I am. So how does your mm -hmm. love for music shape the way you see the world? Uh, it shapes all of it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, I would say music is so integral and so just completely entwined, intertwined with uh, my daily life and just the person that I am. I mean, I don't even know, like, that. that's such a hard question to answer. Um, I mean... Yeah, and I'm kind of more of a person to where, like, when I, the kind of music that I listen to or the mood, it's always, like, reflective of my own mood. So, like, if I'm sad, I don't, like, seek out happy music, you know, or, or like, upbeat music. I want to hear sad music just because, like, it feels, you know how it is when, like, you feel like the singer, like, identifies yeah. with the way that you're feeling. So, and I mean, yeah, it's, like, I mean, pretty much constant throughout the day. I mean, I've always got music going. I started listening to music like with my dad when I was a little kid, like just, yeah, it's always there. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way, you know, I'll listen to music in the shower, I'll listen to music like when I'm sleeping, yeah. you know, um, and it's like I, I create playlists for like every event in life, you know. Yeah, I don't, um, yeah, it's, it's, I can't imagine like people, because I know some people like don't, don't like listen to a lot of music and I've always wondered if like, you know, if our obsession with music is normal or if it's like more so than the average person, I don't really know. But I mean, I do know that for me, at least it's just, I don't know, music just kind of hits me in like a very deeply like moving way. It's not something that's just on in the background or something that's on to fill space. Sometimes I even like if, a you know, music's on that I enjoy, I have a hard time like paying attention to what I'm doing because I just like get distracted with it. Right. I, I think you know, for most people, music is kind of more of a background thing. 
it's like yeah. there have been many times when I've been like hanging out with somebody and and they'd be like, so what do you, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, let's just listen to music. And they're like, but like that's it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And, but like because most people, you know, need some kind of like visual thing going on all the time. But um, I, you know, I feel like just sitting and listening to music can be its own activity. You know, like sometimes you don't need anything more than that. Definitely. So uh, in college, you had experience as a director and an actor. And among other things, you acted in my play Painted in 2007, and you directed Leapfrog, the short film that I wrote in 2008. So what did you learn most about the creative process during your time as an actor and a director? Um, I learned that that necessarily wasn't like my forte that i mean i don't know but you know the thing is is like i think i learned to be honest with you i mean all of these things that like i've done you know writing music film directing you know for a long time like when all that stuff was going on i was like man i really need to do this because i need to make a name for myself or i need to perfect my craft or i need to get better i need to like the, you know, the the all ambiguous, I need to make it. Like, people would just say that all the time. Like, I, you know, I'm going to make it. Like, I don't even know what that means. Right. Like, when people just, oh, I'm going to make it. Like, like make a career or make, like, a thing. I think it just, like, means, I don't know. I guess for a lot of people, like, make a living doing this artistic thing. Or, and I'm, I was guilty of that, too. But now, like, in retrospect, I think doing all that stuff and even the stuff that I do now, um, you know, I kind of had this realization you know, not too long ago where I was like, you know, even if I never like make it, which, you know, I probably won't, whatever that means, making it. I think, you know, just doing the artistic thing itself, whatever it is, like, that's it. That's all it has to be. Like, it doesn't have to be seen by a ton of people or you don't have to have like, you know, others validate your work or you don't have to make money with it. I mean, if you want to do that stuff and it happens, then that's great. You know, that's, that's incredible. Like that's, you know, part of the dream. But like, I think for me, like the older I got, it just became like, I mean, yeah, like I made a movie, you know, when I was younger, I made a lot of things. Um, and you, you, were, you knew me back then, you know, it was never like good enough or I had to do more or I had to be better. But now it's just like the act of making it itself, the product, like that is the thing, you know, mm-hmm. like there is no like, exterior event or validation or what have you that needs to happen and so just the knowledge that I did it makes me feel better and so now even knowing that whenever I write something or wherever I play guitar or just do like a any anything really like if you feel good while you're doing it and you learn something through the process about yourself or about the world then that is making it you know, right. um, for me, at least, I mean, that definition of making it, I mean, it could be different for everybody, but also things tend to like work out better for you or in your favor. Generally, when you stop trying so hard, yeah. you just do things for you because you enjoy it. You actually tend to reap more benefits and rewards when you just say, fuck it. And you just stop thinking. I think a lot of it just comes from like overanalyzing. You know, if you just act naturally, because your brain, you know, it's, it's a lot smarter than you give it credit for. It's just when you start second guessing yourself. I know that was like a long tangent, 
but I mean, I think it's kind of relevant for like. No, it's it's totally relevant, and it's it's you know it's it's something that I've kind of been thinking about lately too, because I mean, you know, throughout my life, I've I've always you know had that idea of like, oh, I need to make it, like I need to be yeah. you know musician that like makes a lot of money, or I need to like make it as a writer or whatever, and and now you know. I am I am trying to quote unquote make it as an author like but yeah. what does that mean to me does that mean I need to be JK Rowling well no it just means like oh hey I would like to make as much money um you know as an author as I did at, you know my last day job or whatever you know so yeah you just need to be you need to be Sarah Crawford because no one else can be Sarah Crawford you're the only one in the world that can do that and so you know i'm sure she has a lot of stuff to say but you can't how are you going to be sarah crawford if you're trying to be someone else yeah that's that's true i mean and and i i do think you know a lot of writers or actresses or really any kind of artists and musicians it's it's like you know if you are trying so hard to copy somebody else like you're not going to make it very far doing that um because yeah you're right i mean people people want to you know hear from you and and hear what's yeah. original about you you know yeah you're the only one that can tell all the stories you know and then also like you know also i one thing that helped too is when i when i realized like hey you should stop also maybe trying so hard to like be original or like trying to find your voice like that stuff's important obviously but i think you know, when you realize and when you accept the fact that really no, there aren't many like new ideas. Like there's, you know, people have been saying the same things um, for like thousands of years. So maybe instead of just tra- stop trying to come up with something original or to be unique, like just be yourself. And that's already unique enough. You know, you don't have to like make anything contrived or like put like a force into because because the whole time you're like trying to do it or you're trying to be original or you're trying to be unique it's not natural anymore and people can tell people know that kind of art when they see it right we focus a lot on you know creating books music plays etc on this podcast but we haven't talked much about creating you know just for the sake of creating like you were talking about and so i refer to you as a character enthusiast because you're constantly making up characters so you know you've left me five minute voicemails as reginald jerryman for example i knew you were gonna mention reginald (laughs) who is you know an old man who's obsessed with coffee filters um so these you know these characters may end up in a story or a screenplay or they they just may be characters that you create to make people laugh so how important is it to be creative just for the joy of creating and and what role does that kind of creativity play in your life you know the character thing the character thing is is weird and i don't really like i was talking to my friend tanner the other day about like you know, and we all like wear different masks and shit throughout the day. And we like put on different personas or, or we're different people. But like the character thing, I feel like for some reason, depending on like what the subject matter is, it's like, I'll, I don't know, like I want to use different characters for that. 
like or different voices the creating for the sake of creating i think it's because like human beings like are by nature like we are kind of creative people a lot of the characters especially like creating them it's usually like it's never scripted it's never like hey do this voice it's always like immediate spontaneous like and in the moment and for whatever reason um certain characters and maybe even like there are certain voices they're very like satisfying sometimes like on a physical level like the way their voices sound or okay so like a lot of things that they talk about so like mike's with mike's meat you know he just talks about meat like if i was just to say <laughs> that in like a normal voice like yeah come in on sunday we got a i got a two-for-one special on brats but like when you say it like yeah you know uh come on in this sunday get yourself a couple of brats uh, a couple of brews and uh, yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. You know, uh, I know the missus at home likes the chorizo. You know, we got a good one. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it's just, I think it's to make me laugh, you know, like, or I mean, I know you like Reginald Jerryman. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, he's just like this random guy that's like obsessed with coffee filters. But I mean, that's how it started. He's not like literally, I mean, he has other things, but like, yeah, I remember he would call you all the time and just, you know, be like, um, well, I was going to go out today to get myself <laughs> another filter. I've got a new brewer. Yeah, I don't know. It's, um, I have no idea. I love the one where the one day um, he called me and he left me a voicemail on like the history of all the different types yeah. of filter. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, a lot of that stuff too, and I was leaving that for you, it was when I was working a job that was, you know, now I look at it in retrospect, the job was just so awful and it was just so depressing and it was so wearisome that I remember that sometimes from my work phone, I would intentionally call you and hope that it went to voicemail so that I could like spend five minutes just like leaving a message. And actually, you know, that may be also to answer your question. The, so doing stuff like that. Okay, so if you take the character thing, like creating characters and being silly, like in character, it makes me happy. It releases dopamine and I feel good, especially if it makes someone else laugh, that's even like a bonus. So. I think maybe to answer your question is because it feels good because it's like a fulfilling, satisfying, like human thing. And for me, like doing voices and being in character just comes naturally. So maybe for a lot of people with other things, like maybe like, you know, for you, like writing, you always have the same, seem to have like a good, it seems to be easier for you. I mean, I'm sure it's like cathartic in a way. So maybe like catharsis is a big mm -hmm. reason creating for creating. Like I'm not going to make any money. I don't even have an audience. It is just right. like feels good to create as a human. Yeah, I, I, I do think it's it sometimes, you know, there is there is joy and just, oh, I'm just gonna like make this collage or I'm just gonna, you know, do this random yeah. monologue as this character like and it's there's not there's no expectation of, of like, oh, I'm gonna perform right. this for an audience or I'm gonna showcase this piece of art to a bunch of people. It's like I'm just sharing this yeah. movie with one or two people, you know, and right like yeah exactly and like I feel like okay when even when you said that I was thinking, you know, I think that when we get older and we become quote adults, we lose a lot of that, like, you know, you're not supposed to do this or you're not supposed to do that. But I mean, like, who doesn't remember being a kid, like five or six and playing pretend, 
So I feel like, you know, and, and when you were a kid, why did you play pretend? Well, I don't know, because it made you happy because it was fun. And so as an adult, I guess, you know, that's kind of a similar thing. It's like, you know, why do you make characters or why do you do this? I don't know, because it's fun and I feel good doing it. Like, I think, you know, it also just helps me get back in touch with like that childish kind of like attitude, which, you know, we're always so serious about everything as adults. You know, this is serious, you know, that's it's a big deal. But like, is it really though? You know, like anything you think that's so serious in life, like it's really not. You just let time pass and you just have fun while you can. And, you know, doing things like that helps. Yeah, you know, yeah. We're all kind of going through like you know, existential identity crises especially these days and you know like we need I feel like I feel like everybody should do something creative like even if you're not like quote an artist like color a picture you yeah know, like or like sing karaoke you know sing karaoke yeah exactly like I think a lot of people get down on themselves they say well, oh I'm not an artist or but like every but everybody is like certain people are better than others at the creative process. But like, you know, we all have like creative tendencies. And I think that's something that we don't really like explore a lot oftentimes, like as a society, you know, and because uh, we just don't think that we can, you know. Right, but, right. And I mean, that's, that's you know, kind of the, the, the main, I guess, message of this podcast or, you know, not even a message, but like just trying to connect with that creativity because I do yeah everyone is creative you know I mean yeah maybe it's just you know dancing around your kitchen to that song mm -hmm. that you really like or you know yeah maybe yeah. maybe it is just coloring the picture or like doodling you know on your notepad like it just whatever it is like I think the act of creating or I mean maybe cooking you know like so that can be very creative for some people like I I think there are ways oh it's to, very creative yeah integrate that like in your your daily life and and really kind of bring creativity in into your daily life yeah so throughout the years we have collaborated a great deal of uh, being in a band together working together on plays and films, uh, co-writing a short play together. You've also collaborated with a lot of other musicians, filmmakers, and writers. So what do you enjoy most about collaboration and has it informed your creative process at all? Um, I guess the thing I enjoy most about collaboration is, um, you know, if you have a good idea or you think you have a good idea, like getting feedback from other people um and just like maybe incorporating that stuff um because there's all there's a lot of different solutions i mean you can even like look at it as a problem i guess like there's a lot of different solutions to a problem or a creative maybe endeavor that you are probably not going to come up with on your own because you're only one person so but i mean i will say collaboration for me i've always kind of struggled with it. like even in bands like i tend to be have more of like a like kind of like a Billy Corgan complex where like I want to control everything because like I have a vision in my head of how something I want to sound. So, you know, even just in life, I guess collaboration is helpful just because you're learning from other people um, in ways of thought that you may have not been familiar with on your own. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. And, and I think, you know, the great thing about collaboration is I think 
you know, you can create things that you never would have come up with, you know, on your own. Like mm -hmm. I remember there, at one point I was um, writing, uh, like co-writing a, a story with my friend and, and the way we were doing it is she would write one chapter from one character's point of view. And then I would uh, write the next chapter from a different character's point of view. And we just kept going back and forth like that. And so the, the you know, the direction the story uh, was heading was completely different than, you know, if I just sat down to write a story by myself. Yeah. And it was, it was really interesting, like what was coming out of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, okay, so I ask everybody about, you know, what they're working on right now. Um, I know yeah. you're working on your uh, web series about rehab. So uh, tell us a little bit mm -hmm. about that. <laughs> yeah, so I don't even know if it's a web series. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just basically so the the rehab that I was at was, uh, it was kind of unique in that it was, but it basically it was a company that has a series of rehabs um, across the country. These rehabs are run by S words. Um, <laughs> some people call them wizards. Um, so I had a very kind of unique rehab experience be because it's really hard to describe this without like referencing it. Anyway, uh, I think I you can say, I think you can say yeah. Scientologist, like, yeah, well, okay. I don't so know, maybe a... they'll come after you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they will. I mean, if Leo Ramini is doing all that, I doubt they're going to like worry about me. But basically, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, like the, you know, 30 people listening to my podcast are going to be like, oh, Scientologist. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So it was a, a Narconon. Um, so I was a, you know, I was a student. They call their um, clients students, they don't call them patients or clients. So I was a student there. Um, and then I ended up interning for the company and then I worked in them for a little while and it was just a very wacky, bizarre rehab experience. It was like Scientology summer training camp, basically, um, that you didn't even know you were in a training right. camp. You thought you were just like, oh, cool, I'm going to rehab. And then they like kind of switched up when you get there. But no, I'm basically like, I'm trying to take a subject that, um, cause I've been, you know, in active addiction and I'm recovering now, but I'm basically trying to take a subject that a lot of people consider like taboo or super serious. You know, this is like not something we should joke about, but like kind of just make light of it and poke fun at it and just laugh. Because I feel like when it comes to addiction um, and substance abuse, everyone's like, oh my gosh, like he has a drug problem or she has a drug problem. Oh, let's be gentle. Like, but the thing is, it's like, it's actually really funny. I mean, drugs and the experience of like using drugs, it's ridiculous. Like, I mean, it's a whole, the whole process is kind of just absurd, you know, right. like car carpet surfing, like digging through your carpet, looking for like drugs <laughs> or like, you know, it just, there's all kinds of stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, it's just essentially like a web series or just like a short comedy about like, kind of like waiting meets wet hot american summer but like mm -hmm. for rehab so yeah i think it'll be it should be pretty funny but i mean again like i'm doing it because like i enjoy writing it you know like if it does something cool if not like it's just still a cathartic activity right right that's cool um so so what books or tv shows or movies or music are you really into right now um i haven't really been watching 
a lot of TV. I mean, I usually just like watch Rick and Morty like before I go to bed. So I just discovered this band called Tal Uno. Uh, they have a song Barry that's really good. I mean, a lot of like, I guess like a lot electronic synth poppy type stuff, you know, like Tame Impala, Starfucker. Um, but then also, you know, like still a lot of indie rock as well. I mean, pretty much your music taste is like almost identical to mine for the most part, especially when it comes to like indie stuff. Right, right. Yeah, I, I like a lot of, you know, what I refer to as stoner music. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. like the shoegaze or the dream pop or, the you know, the beach house and slow dive yeah, and all that. Exactly. I like a lot of like, I do also like a lot of like folky type indie rock um you know like band of forces builders and the butchers uh iron and wine beirut i, li- I really like why oak a lot i mean all that stuff you know the shins right cool so i have kind of a big question i ask everybody why do you think art is important um well i mean i feel like we talked about that i feel like a little bit but basically like because that's like an expression of just like it is an expression of the human experience because <laughs> man in his existential state it cannot know who he is so i don't know because it's like because it's you know it's it's art's always going to be more or less like reflective of you know the human experience as well as you know um you know they say like if you want to look at history you know i mean just look at like the art um because it's always going to express or like encapsulate like prevailing ideas mm-hmm. of the time um but i mean that being said i guess you have to be careful because it's it can be biased i mean all history is like biased but but i would say you know you know humans we tend to think that we're like the greatest thing ever that we're mm-hmm. like superior that we um have it all figured out i mean really we don't like know shit um and even like a lot of the stuff that we think we're great at we're not um but i would say art is like the human kind of endeavor like if nothing if we're remembered for like nothing else when we all die like i mean art would be something kind of worthwhile that would be left behind you know all of like the politics and the opinions and the viewpoints and the philosophies and all that stuff's great but like i mean really it's just kind of all about the creation of other things the creative act right i i totally agree uh so so where can people find you and your work um i really don't have much of like a web presence um you can email me instagram Um, aren't you yeah but those are just like pictures you know i'm not really a photographer uh yeah no i can i can link to that on findcreativeexpression.com yeah no so it's, it's totally cool like to be you know not like blasted everywhere all over the internet like i am <laughs> you make it sound like i'm like 80 i know you're not like on the internet like i can just <laughs> not be on the internet <laughs> i i am it's just like the last few years of my life have been pretty crazy so i mean that hasn't really been where i've been focusing most of my energy but you know now i'm like living healthier and making better decisions so trying to fix all that okay well if you if you when you put out your web series i'll be sure to link to it on my <laughs> podcast website <laughs> all right all right well uh that yeah that was that was that was really a lot of fun so thanks for coming on the podcast yeah. and uh talking about art with me yeah no problem sarah i had a great time talking to michael and i hope 
you guys found it entertaining as well. Coming up next episode, I'm going to be talking to musician and poet Sean Haney. Sean is a great guy, so definitely tune in for that. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Find Creative Expression podcast. Please take a moment to leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. You can find me on Instagram at Sarah E. Crawford or YouTube.com slash Sarah Crawford. Also find me on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Sarah Crawford to support the podcast for just a dollar a month. And that's Sarah, S-A-R-A without an H. I hope you've been inspired today and I'll see you in two weeks for the next podcast.